Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Lamed Dalid. Um, I'd like to quickly go through, I mentioned at the end of yesterday, um, this Tosfos. He says that we're discussing in the Gomorrah. It's interesting, it's quite tangential, because we're discussing in the Gomorrah about uh, rolling in your fingers or cutting or breaking wood to get the fragrance out. So Tosfos asks, he says, why when Yom Tov falls on Motzei Shabbos, do we not smell Basamim? So he says, maybe you'll suggest, like we said, because you might come to clip it. So he says, well, firstly, that's not how we, we don't paskin that there's the concern that you'll clip the, the psalmim. Sorry, sorry, not when, why, when Yom Tov falls on Motzei Shabbos. We're not discussing Motzei Yom Tov. We're discussing when Yom Tov falls on Motzei Shabbos, why don't we smell the basamim? Because like we normally do on a Motzei Shabbat. So included in, and as I, I don't know if you remember, but included in the Kiddush for Yom Tov is the Havdolah for Friday night. And we do it Al Ha'esh. We say Borei Morei Ha'esh. So we should also say Borei Minei Basamim. So that's, sorry, that's Tosos' question. So he says, maybe we'll say Sheba Yiktam. Well, it's not a problem as we've just seen according to Rav Yehuda. So, so that can't be. says, okay, fine. So he says maybe because one of the reasons given why we smell basamim is because the fires of Gehenim restart and therefore we have that concern that um, so therefore we have smell basamim to, uh, so that the rotting from Gehenim, the burning flesh from Gehenim doesn't uh, overwhelm us. He says, well, So, you, so he says, maybe you will say that it's because the fires of Gehenna don't start on Yom Tov. He says, that can't be, because then on Motzei Yom Tov, when they restart, we should smell them again. So, okay, fine. So that can't be the reason. So he says, oh, maybe the reason we say the bracha for Basamim on Motzei Shabbos is because of the Nefesh Yisera that we get. You know, the famous Gemara that you get an ex Nefesh Yisera. And then on Yom Tov, on Motzei Shabbos, it leaves. So maybe it's because the Nefesh Yisairah doesn't leave if it's Yom Tov. He says that also can't be. Because then on Motzei Yom Tov, a regular Motzei Yom Tov, we should smell Basamim. So none of those reasons line up and can explain why we don't smell the spices on Yom Tov. So he says, says, no, the, you have to come and conclude that the reason we don't say the Prophet Basamim, but Motzei Shabbos, on this Motzei Shabbos, which is going into Yom Tov, Mishum, the Shoma Yaseira. Uv Yom Tov, Lake and the Shoma Yaseira. It is because of the Shoma Yaseira, and on Yom Tov you don't get the special dimension of the Shoma Yaseira. Of Im Toimer, Amai Loim of Orchin Abbasamim, why don't we say the Prophet Abbasamim? Keshechol Yom Tov, Yoiz, but Motzei Shabbos. Says the reason we don't say the brachon besomim when it falls out when Yom Tov falls out on Motzei Shabbos is because since there's such special food, chashumim v'tovim, good and delicious food, it calms him, it settles him from the loss of the nashom yaseira without having to have besomim. So that's Tosfos's um, suggested answer. Interestingly enough, I've heard. On a separate note, that no, the difference is on Shabbos you get the Neshama Yaseira, but it leaves. On Yom Tov you get the Neshama Yaseira, but it stays with you. Interesting idea. Okay, I just forgot to mention today, she is the Ilunishma Asisro Ben Peretz Yaakov.
May his um, neshama have an aliyah. May his memory be a blessing. Okay, in the Gemara we got up to the tenth last line. Um, you can collect wood. Rabbi Eliezer was lenient and said you can collect the chips and pieces, small piece of wood from your courtyard. They're not mukta. madlik. You can gather from the courtyard and you can light it. Anything in the courtyard is considered muhan. Again, remember muhan is the opposite of mukta. Mukta is set aside for not use and muhan is prepared for use. As long as you don't gather it into piles. So you can gather up the wood, but you can't gather it into piles. You can't uh, rake it into piles. It's over Rabbi Shimon Mati. Rabbi Shimon says you can even gather it into piles. But my company, Flicky, what are they arguing in? You're allowed to gather the wood chips and you're allowed to use them to burn. Why can't you, according to, I guess, Rabbi Lezzi, you can even use them as toothpicks. But why can't you gather them into piles? No. The one opinion holds you can't do it because it, when you gather it into piles, it looks like you're gathering for tomorrow and future days, which as we know, that's one of the primary things you're not allowed to do. Sometimes Doraisa, sometimes Rabbonin, but you're not allowed to do, um, well, I guess we could discuss whether it's Doraisa or Rabbonin, but you're not allowed to do something on Yom Tov for another day. So any long-term melacha would be prohibited. And gathering into piles looks like, oh, why is he piling it up? Must be, you know, like you rake up your leaves to clear away over the next few days. So maybe here he's, get, he's piling up the wood to use over the next few days. And the other opinion says no. But the fact that he's cooking shows that that's why he's gathering it and therefore it should be fine. Um, okay, next piece. It says, Ein moitzi in esaur. You're not allowed to light a fire, create, start a fire. This is my timer. What's the reason? It is moilid. It is creating something. Now, interesting, I pointed out before, Rashi learned early on in the Masechta, there's a difference between noilad and moilid. Noilad is when something comes into existence or when something changes its form. A new item, that is a problem of muktzah. Moilid is a problem of creating something. So if you light a fire from new, that would be a problem of creating something. Um, yeah. Other Rishonim learn differently, but that's how Rashi learns the problem of Moilad, Moilid, actually creating something new. Interesting enough, most Poskim hold that Moilid is only an Isidra Bonan. There are those, I think it's the Taz amongst them who want to suggest that it's an Isidor Raisa Moilid. It's, um, it would not fall under the category of Oichel Nefesh for food. It's a separate problem of creating. And where do we find you're allowed to create anything? Something along those lines would might be the Sphora. Um, but either way, I think we generally treat it as Dirabonin, which may be trial. Treat it as Doraisa, but we generally treat it as a Dirabon on this problem of lighting a fire. But that's why we're careful on Shabbos and Yontif. It's at least a Isu Dirabonin, and therefore we're careful um, to um, we're careful. So yeah, we're careful to make sure to use an existing flame. Um, interesting nafkamine if it's Doraisa or Dirabonin would be if what if someone 
again, in a wrong scenario, I don't want to go into the times when you would be allowed to create a fire or ask a non-Jew to light. Can you ask the maid to switch on the oven for you? Can you ask someone to switch on lights for you? Is that moilid or is that a problem of noilad? And when you come on to shvus to shvus, etc., it's for yomtiv cooking, so it might be a mitzvah. Okay, so there might be grounds to to go lenient once again, especially once it's the Rabbanon. But another interesting nafkamin is if someone, you know, you went to a house and you know they're not careful. You know that they probably did turn on the oven or the stove. If it's an Isu Doraisa, then you're not allowed to get benefit from the Melacha on Yom Tov. If it's only an Isu Doraisa, there's a very good chance, according to many poskim, that you can actually get benefit on Yom Tov. Okay, then he says... Um, next, third last line, Va'ain Malavnin, yeah, sorry, third last line on Lamad Gimel, Lamad Base, 33b, Va'ain Malavnin es harafim, you're not allowed to burn tiles. We said you, one of the ways of cooking is that take a tile and burn it till it's, Malavain is literally white hot, but make it very hot, put it in the kiln to heat up and cook on that tile. Says, Michael Ovid, what are you doing? So, oh my Rabbi, Baba Chanom, Rabbi Yochanan, Hachab, Reform, Chatoshin, Askinan, we deal in with brand new tiles. I tiles that have not been put in the kiln. And we may shed Sarech Labodkon. And the problem is, you need to check them. I'll explain what that soon, but for Omri law, some say, they need to be hardened. Now, so we've given two reasons why you would not be allowed to put a new tile in a in the oven, in the kiln, to heat up, to cook on. The one reason is the bodkon, to check them, which Rashi explains is with earthenware, sometimes it's just doesn't, it's not secure. So you put it in the kiln, and if it survives the kiln, it means it's a firm, good quality tile. So that's the bodkon, that's the check. He says, what's the problem with doing this check on Yom Tov? Is that it might crack and might break, and then it turns out you've done, gone through all this trouble for nothing. And we know you're not allowed to exert unnecessary, you're not allowed to exert unnecessary tircha, tirchisera on Yom Tov. So that's the problem again, is the bodkon is a sofek, that the tile hasn't been, what's, I don't know, quality checked. And therefore, putting it in the kiln is the quality check, but the problem is it will fail and then you've gone through all the effort for nothing. So it's misophic. And the other point we said, the other opinion, the other version was, no, it's lechamsan to harden it. This is part of the, part of the manufacturing process is to put the tiles in the kiln and harden them as almost the thing. And the problem with that is nase kli. That would be the isur of making a kli. Which again, according to Rashi, is generally makeba patish and according to Tostos could actually also be boine. Um, but that would be the problem. Oh, yeah, matake mone. Yeah, so even though it's for Yom Tov, making a kli is a problem. So those are the two versions. Keep in mind, if you keep those clear, it will be the next piece will be a bit easier to understand towards the end of the discussion. So again, bodk, the concern with bodkon is a sophic. Turns out, if, it, if you do this check, you heat it up and it breaks, you go into all this effort for nothing, which was... Turns, which retroactively is a problem on Yom Tov, and Lechamsan to heat it, to harden it, that is actually um, Nase Kli, making it into a Kli. So Tlan Hasam, we learned in a mission over there, Dorso, oh, this is now going into, this is from Chulin, from the third Perik, Trafers. Remember there are certain injuries in an animal that even if it's shechted properly, those injuries make it a trefer and it's treated as not kosher. 
Now, one of the trafers is what's called risukevore, a more a literally along the lines of crushed limbs. And that we'll see here. So he says, Darsa Oishetarfobakoisel, if someone actually steps on a bird or something, walks over a bird, or throw, it gets thrown against the wall, Oishetarfobakoisel, or it gets crushed by an animal, Umefarcheses, and it's still uh, flapping around, Veshosomaeslaes, and he waits 24 hours, Veshochto, and then he shechts it, Kesheira, it's kosher. I, you don't have to. Once this animal survives 24 hours, it's clearly not risukai and you can chat it and eat it. And Omer Rebilazo, Rebiyana, Mishum Rebilazo ben Antignos, Rebilazo ben Rebiyana, I says in the name of Rebilazo ben Antignos, Tricha Bedika, no, you still have to check it. Rashi explains, because granted it's not risukai it did undergo major trauma. It was stood on, it was trampled on, it was sat on, you know, something like that. So you have to check for other injuries. For example, does it have cracked ribs? Is it spine or the spinal cord damage uh, split? You know, all these other injuries that would make it a trafer. So Rebelezim and Antigno says you still have to check it. Um, just before we go further, so Rashi explains, generally, we do check trafers. We check like the lungs and things like that. Rashi explains, Doraisi don't have to because most animals are kosher. But Rebiloza ben Antignos, or Rebiloza Rebiana, Mishum Rebiloza ben Antignos holds that in this scenario, there's good grounds for doubt. This animal was stood on. There's a good chance a lot of its ribs may be broken. And if a majority of ribs are broken, etc., it would be a trafer. So you have to check these injuries that are likely to make it a trafer. Again, once it's survived 24 hours, it's not a concern of risukevorium anymore. But maybe it has some other injury that would make it a trafer. And therefore, you would have to check it in the scenario. Now, says, are you allowed to shech this bird on Yomtov? This bird that was stood on. And then survive 24 hours. So Yelada Shechton Yontov says, Me Machzakinon Reusab Yontov, Oilah. Do we say, well, it's very likely to have an injury or not? I, would you be allowed to Shecht it? Again, we know any animal you Shecht on Yontov, there's a doubt whether it will turn out to be valid or not. When you Shecht it, you might then check the lungs and it turns out there's a hole in the lung and it's a trafer. Or some other injury. So there's always that chance. But here there's the added reyusa. There's the added, um, what would it be, negative factor. Is that it was stood on. And it clearly had some sort of injury. It's not really, it's not the most healthy looking animal anymore. So it clearly has this reyusa. Yolari Shech, that animal on Yom Tov says. Omarle Tanina says, well we can answer it from our mission. He says, You're not allowed to um, heat up a tile to um, to roast on it. What's the problem with heating up a towel? The concern is that it's we're talking about a new tile. That's what you can't heat up. And the issue is you will you're checking them. I what did we say checking means? You put the tile in the curl, kiln, and the problem is if it cracks, it turns out that you went to all this effort for nothing. And therefore, you would not be allowed to. So he says we should say the same thing here. When you shed this animal, that's likely to have an injury, or let's say more likely to have an injury, once you, it might turn out, again, you do the shritta and then you inspect its organs and bones, etc., so then it might turn out that you went to all the effort, you did the shritta for nothing. And that's a problem. So 
So that's what we want to answer from our Mishnah, just as we're concerned out of doubt it might turn out that you went to the whole, all the effort of putting light in the fire and heating up this tile for nothing, and you're not allowed to do that on Yom Tov. So too with this Shrita, it might turn out that you did this all the Shrita for nothing. It says, no, we actually hold the problem is that you might come too hard on it. I avadai. You can't answer from our Mishnah. Granted, if you learned like that version, that the problem is you want to check it, then you could answer from our mission. We see in a sophic, you can't go to a sophic that's likely to turn out or has a reasonable chance of turning out you going to all that effort for nothing. But that's not what our Mishnah's case is. Our Mishnah case is actually a case of Tikkun Kli. And therefore, we can't answer our question. Okay, next point. It says, Tanya Echod. If someone brings the fire, this is um, on Shabbos, but someone brings the fire and someone brings the adds the wood to the fire, and one person places soyface as places an empty pot on the fire, and then someone adds the water, and then someone puts the spices in it, and someone stirs it, stirs it, everyone, all of them are higher. For the first one, carrying the coal, the fire, granted, it's already a lot. When you move through the air, it like fans it and it increases the fire, which is mavir. So too, when you add extra wood to this coal, it's mavir. Placing the empty pot on, we're going to ask what the problem with that is. But um, adding in the food and the water, etc., that's all cooking. Make it stirring. Very interesting halacha that if you stir food... Especially if it's not well, not fully cooked food, you're doing the isodorice of cooking because when you move the contents around, it speeds up the cooking process. The part that's at the top, far away from the fire, goes closer, etc. So that is bishul. Stirring is bishul. Just as a side point, we're machmir. We don't stir anything that's on the fire, even if it's fully cooked and there's not really a concern of cooking. It's a, I don't remember which Rishon it is, but it's based on a, on a Rishon that we have that opinion. Um, okay, so they're all Chayav. Now, Vohot Tanya are Achron Chayav Akulam Peturim. But wait, we have a Brysa. We just said that everyone who contributes to this process is Chayav. But we have another Brysa which says only the person who contributes last is Chayav. It says, Here's the person who add the fire if the fire was brought first and the other one is where the fire was brought last if the fire was brought first and then someone adds wood to the fire and someone puts the pot on the fire and someone adds the water etc each of those people are higher for doing a part of cooking however if someone put the wood and then someone put a pot on top of wood and someone added wood to a uh, water to that pot he hasn't done anything because only later when you come and add the fire is it a problem? Um, but then now the Gemara says, Bishlam of it makes sense by all the others. He's done something. He's either done Mavir or he's done Bishal, but he's done something. If he puts an empty pot on a fire, what's he done? If your stove is already on and you go to the cupboard and you get a pot and put it on the stove, what malacha have you done? So that's the Gemara's answer. What soyface has a kedera? Says Omer Bishum Melokish Hacha bekedera chadoshas kinen umishum libun raafim nogu ba. He says no. We're dealing about a new pot, and it's the same problem 
as heating up these tiles. So either it's Labodkon, it checks whether the pot is strong, or at least how we seem to conclude from the previous sugya, it's Lechamsan, it's too hard at it, it's Metakein, it's Nasekli, it's making it into a Kli, and that would be the issue. But Einachinami, to take an old pot and put it on the stove, an old empty pot and put it on a fire, you haven't done any Melacha on Shabbos. If you have an oven or a stove, again, these were like more box-shaped or port, but so they're portable. Um, they're like any other kli, and you can move them around the courtyard. Obviously, on Yomtev, you can. You can use a kira. You can use a tanu. So it's not mukta, but even on Shabbos, as I understand it, even on Shabbos, it's not mukta, so you can carry it around. Now, she says, for example, you want to use it as a box to put something in. That's fine. It says, You're not allowed to smear it with oil or rub it with a rag. That was to shine it. I think it's part of the manufacturing process, if I understood correctly. You're not allowed to cool it down to harden it. Since they would heat up the kira, the tanur, and then put cold water on it to it somehow strengthened it. Again, part of the manufacturing process. The imbishvil offers hareze mutar. If you want to cook, it would be permitted. What's the, the relevance of this? Again, is generally to do a process, lechamsan, to harden the kli, would be the isudor isur of nase kli, making a kli. However, here, since it's directly before you want to cook it, it's fine. And this is an interesting halacha. If, let's say, again, you generally, we've, we generally, I'm sure you've heard, you're allowed to turn up the heat on Yom Tov to get the food to cook quicker or to get it to cook through. But you're not necessarily allowed to turn down the heat. Because that's uh, extinguishing and that's not in preparation of food. However, like we see here, if it's necessary for the cooking or the baking, then you could actually do it. Again, obviously, if there's a way, like instead of having the pot directly on the fire, you move it to half on the fire, that's better than doing mavir. But if there's no other option, the only way to cook is to um, extinguish a little, then it seems from here that you would be allowed to do that. Okay, toner upon you're allowed to get the hair off the head and the feet of the animal. Um, they would put it in boiling water and then you can get the hair or the feathers off very much easier. And you're allowed to singe them or in fire. Again, similar to get them out. You're not allowed to cover it or smear it with some, some sort of lamb. Yeah, or charsis is some sort of mud, another type of mud, sid or lam. Those are very similar to how the craftsman, the tanner, would do it. Remember, the tanner is the one who's working with the leather heart. So, how does he get all the hair off the heart? He, one of the main ways he does it is with using these processes, um, rubbing it with one of these substances, and then it remove, causes the hair to fall out. Or when he pulls it off, it takes out the hair. So, you're not allowed to do that to remove the hair. And goizes in osom, but misbaraim, you're not allowed to shear it with. Scissors. Now you can't cut the head off because that looks like you're shearing, like you want the wool. Interestingly enough, 
So again, you can remove the hair because you need it to cook and etc. But you can't remove it with shears because it looks like you want the wool, which is the other, which is another malach of shearing. Interesting. There's a discussion whether shearing is only by live animals or even dead animals. But it seems that at least the isu drabonin. This is vain goizin is ayerik but tasporishalo. You're not allowed to cut up a vegetable with its specific scissors. What um, Rashi explains what we mean here is there's a specific scissors that they use to like cut it out the ground. You're not allowed to then take that scissors and cut other like the rotting leaves off or something of the vegetable because it looks like you just used that scissors to get it out the ground. That was what that tool was for. It says, You're still allowed to prepare these types of vegetables, which Rashi says, Oh, why would you think you can't prepare kundas or achvoyos? Isn't that normal? You're allowed to cook? So he says, no, they actually take a lot of hard work to prepare. But since they the food that you want to eat, you'd be allowed to. You can even light and cook in a furnace. And again, a furnace. Two major difference between a purani is generally a tanur and a kira. The opening, how they used to cook, was much more like a stove. The fire was in it and they would put the stuff on top or above it. Um, Whereas a Purani, the opening's in the side, but another, the, I think the main difference for us here with the Purani, the furnace, is that it takes a lot more effort to heat it up. But if you want to cook in the furnace, even though it takes more effort, you're allowed to do it on Yom Tov. Also allowed to heat up water in an Antichi. Why is that surprising? Because generally they would put Antichi in the water, uh, water in an Antichi to keep it warm for a long time. So if someone sees you heating up water in Antichi on Yom Tov, they'll think that you're heating it up for the next day or something like that. So still, since you want to do it for this day, it's alright. But you are not allowed to bake in a new kiln, in a new furnace, in case it cracks. Again, similar to what we saw at the top of the page, going to unnecessary effort for something that's likely to be pointless is problematic. And that's why you would not be allowed to um, light in this Puraniath. I have a feeling that's why this whole piece fitted in here. Again, we have been discussing what processes are you allowed to do, what similar process, but the main one, the main comparison to the rest of the sugya, I mean, why all of a sudden are we discussing removing the hair from the animal that you want to cook or cutting up vegetables? Again, doing it in a way that looks like it's more from the craftsman than from a home a home person who just wants to um, cook or prepare their meal. As we see, it's problematic. But um, I think the most similar one to what we've been discussing up to here is with this heating up a new furnace. You're not allowed to use bellows to fan the fire, but you can use a tube. I again here's the problem is it looks like the like the craftsmen the blacksmiths they would use bellows to fan their fire but to take like a straw sort of thing and blow on the fire that's fine to get it hotter and to heat up not allowed to repair a spit or sharpen it Rashi says very interesting remember we had a machloikes earlier are you allowed to do machshire oisel nefesh you're allowed to cook and prepare food itself or you're allowed to do something to prepare the food so Rashi says either this is the opinion not like Rabbi Yehuda it's the other opinion who holds that you're not allowed to do machshire oisel nefesh and that's why you're not allowed to fix the spit or sharpen it says, or you could even say that it's a case where it was damaged on Erev Yom Tov. 
And if it's damaged on Erev Yom Tov, well, then you're not allowed to do it on Yom Tov. So you're only allowed to repair Kalim that you need for cooking on if they got damaged on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to split a reed to roast on it. A little fish. You can put nuts in a cloth and and break them and you don't have to worry about that the cloth might tear. I think the difference is to um, splitting the reed open is like making a clear. You're making this kind of tray that you want to roast the vegetables on. Whereas um, the putting the nuts in the cloth, I'm not sure why, how that helps. Maybe because then uh, it keeps it all together as opposed to shattering all over the kitchen. Um, but there your goal is not to do anything with the cloth. It's just to um, open the nuts. Okay, next Mishnah. Another leniency that Rabbi Eliezer says. In the previous one, Rabbi Eliezer was the one who says you can use wood for other purposes. And he also said that you're allowed to use wood um, for... Um, Um, and he also said you're allowed to gather um, wood from the courtyard. It's considered muhan. And now we're going to say another leniency. So this is regarding mutza. So just the mutza we're discussing here is remember when you're drying figs and grapes, etc. You want to make dried figs or raisins. So firstly, it's gather, you gather it. While it's moist, it's fresh fruit, it's fresh grapes, fresh figs, it's edible. Once you start the drying process... It becomes inedible, and that's why it's called muktza. It's definitely muktza because you don't have any intention to eat it, and you can't eat it. It's inedible. Once it's dried, then it's edible again. So that's the first point to keep in mind, is that uh, Rashi points out, obviously, while it's drying, it's inedible, it's definitely muktza. Once it's completely dried, then it basically automatically changes back into food, and it's not muktza. Once it's at the late stage where some people would eat it, some people wouldn't. We saw earlier on, there the owner has to be Muslim. He has to designate it that he is going to eat from it. Even though it's like semi-edible, some people will eat it, some people won't eat it. Again, late, late stage in the drying process. Um, some people would eat it, some people won't eat it. And then the next point of the mission, I'm just going to mention it now, it's going to discuss Shabbos and Shviz. The reason that it's bringing in Shabbos and Shviz is basically to take the discussion of truma, of separating Trumas and Masters. We always say separating master, but we mean Trumas and master out of the equation. Because remember, produce that's grown hefker, that's ownerless, you're not hive in Trumas and Masters. So this food that you, these dried figs that you, that from the Schmitter year, they are not chayev in trumas and masros, and that is the uh, and that is the requirement for uh, um, that, and that's a that's a calculation because then we isolate what's the problem. The problem is not that you can't eat it because it's chayev in trumas or masros, etc. The problem is uh, something else. Here the question is Muktza. So, A person can stand, this is on Erev Shabbos, by Muktza, by these late stage figs or raisins that are dried, nearly dried out. Erev Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos, in the Shemitah year. Again, if you would have already separated Trumas or Masras, you would have the same case. But we're just discussing, generally you don't separate Trumas and Masras until the 
processing is finished. And if you plan on eating it as dried food, you're not going to separate the Trumas Masters till after. So that's why we choose to discuss a Shemitah year when that is not a calculation. Um, and he can say, I'm going to eat from here tomorrow. I'm designated to be eaten on Shabbos. It's not good enough to just say, in general, I'm going to eat from somewhere here. I, which Brera would tell me which parts were designated on Erev Yom Tov, but you have to specify that corner or that patch, almost make a mark where you plan on eating from, um, because you can't rely on Brera retroactively clarifying what food you were Mizuman. Okay, Tanan Hassan, we learned elsewhere. Now, just before we go on um, into the Gemara, what's key to the Sukhya is when does produce become Chayv in Maser? So the two main criteria is when the, when the field manufacturing uh, processing is done and you bring it and it sees the face of the chotzer or the house. It's brought into, through the opening, in, through the entrance, into the chotzer or the house. Um, so that's what we call nigmar melacha. Um, nigmar melacha, ya andreas chotzer or habayis. If it's not yet nigmar melacha, then you are not. You can eat it. It's not yet chavimase, so you can eat it awry as like a snack, but you can't eat it as a meal. So that's again before it's nigmar melacha, you can eat it as a snack. Once it's nigmar melacha, then it becomes koveya. Um, then it's chavimase. You obviously can't. And even before nigmar melacha, if you're eating a proper meal then it's problematic. Now, there's certain things that create a kvios, that even though your intent or the amount you're eating is a snack, there's certain things that create a kvios. The, one we're going to dis- the primary ones we're going to discuss now is um, Shabbos. Shabbos kovas lemaser. Shabbos makes eating so significant and special that anything you eat is considered koveya. So there would be no way to have a snack of produce that hasn't had maser taken from it on Shabbos, because again, by the fact that it's Shabbos, it's now chayev. Shabbos, kovas maser, Shabbos is so choshuv that it's chayev in maser. Yeah. Um, so, Tanan Hasam, we learned over there, Shabbos, children, even children, Rashi says, it could obviously adults, but even children that hide um, Figs on Erev Shabbos, I they plan to eat it on Shabbos, and they forgot, and they did not separate Maser, on Motzei Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it until you separate Maser, I, even though it was for a snack, since the intent was to eat it on Shabbos, it becomes Choshuv and Chav in Maser, so even then when you change your mind and you're only going to eat it on Motzei Shabbos, you still have to separate Maser. For Tnanam, we learned in another Mishnah, Hamavir Liktos, if someone spreads out these figs in his courtyard to dry them, he can eat from them snacks and their potur. I granted, this is what, what we bring out from this one, is granted generally when you bring produce into the chotzer, it's now chayv in maser. However, here clearly, 
by the plan, since you brought them into the Chatzah with intent to dry them out, they had not reached the stage of Nigma Melacha, finished their processing. They still have to dry and then be pressed, etc. So therefore, they are not Chav in Maser. Now, for something that is not nigmar melacha. We just saw in the previous Mishnah that if the children hid to Ainim to eat on Shabbos, they become chav in Maser. But those are to Ainim which are nigmar melacha. Now we're asking. If they are ready to be eaten, sorry, um, but they do not undergo seeing the courtyard, is that significant to make it kovas lamaser? I, or yeah, let, let me rephrase it. Is this that we say Shabbos kovas lamaser? Is that strong enough even to make produce that is not? Um, that is not nigmar melacha chayev in um, chayev in masa that even a snack would be a problem. Do we say since we say Shabbos called Shabbos um, delightful the cover afilu bedavish shaloi nigmar melacha and therefore even produce which is not completely finished its processing, Shabbos makes it significant enough that you would be obligated to separate rumors and masters. Or maybe, granted, we say Shabbos makes it choshuv and chavim master. That's only something that's nigmar melacha. It's only lacking the one step of being basically brought into the courtyard or the house to be chav. And there Shabbos can but something that is not nigmar melacha, something that's not yet finished its processing, maybe Shabbos does not make it fixed, and you could still eat a snack of it on Shabbos without separating trumas and masros. So that's Robert's question. Again, we know Shabbos can, if you have produce that is nigmar melacha, finish its processing, but it's not yet chavon master, you can eat a snack from it, and Shabbos in that case would make it kovas that even a snack is considered kovan. You would not be allowed to eat a snack from that produce on Shabbos. What happens if it's not nigma melacha? For example, as we're going to now tie it into our Mishnah, for example, these figs that you laid out to dry, some people would eat them. Now you plan to eat them, you mezuman them, you designate them to be eaten on Shabbos, granted they're not nigma melacha, are they in master or not? Says Omalei because it's Shabbos. Says Omalei Shabbos kovas bein bedover shenig ma melachta bein bedover shaloinig ma melachta. Says Shabbos is kovas whether it's completed its processing or whether it's not yet completed its processing. Omalei ve'emes Shabbos dumiyot dechotzer. Why don't we say Shabbos is similar to a chotzer? Ma chotzer eno kovas ela bedover shenig ma melacha. Chotzer. If you bring produce into the chotzer, it only makes it chayv in maser if it's completed its processing. So why don't you say the same thing with Shabbos? Rav Nachman, you've answered the question, but you why should again? Generally, when you bring produce into the chotzer, that makes it chayv in maser. But that's only with project produce that is finished its processing. So maybe we should say the same thing. Shabbos makes something chav in Maser, but that's only with something that's finished its processing. Why do you distinguish? So Amalei Limud Aruchu Biyodenu Shabbos Kovas Bein Bedavish Nigma Melachta Bein Bedavish Shaloi Nigma Melachta. He says, I have a clear teaching, I a clear tradition that 
Shabbos is kovas, whether it's completed its processing or not. The son of Nachman says, we can actually learn this out from our Mishnah. The Mishnah that we just learned says, A person can stand next to these drying figs and grapes, on Erev Shabbos in Shvis, etc. And he can say, I want to eat from here tomorrow. Now he says, Time with the Shvis, why do we bring in the factor of Shvis? The love bar is Surehu, because it is not Chavin Maser. Implying that any other year it would be Asur. And my time, Allah Mishum, the Shabbos Kovas, is it not because Shabbos fixes it as um, makes it Choshub that you have to separate from Muslim Asur. Again, remember, I explained to the Mishnah why are we discussing someone standing by their produce on Erev Shabbos in the Shemitah year? Why are we doing that? Because we want to get out the fact, we want to be discussing food that is not Chayav in Maser. And that's when you're allowed to just declare this food as what you want to eat on Shabbos, and you can ignore the fact that it is Chayav in Maser. Implying that any other year of the Shemitah cycle, if you came along and you said, I plan on eating those figs, even though they're not completely ready, even though they're not Nigma Malacha, it would be Chayav in Maser, so you must say that Shabbos is Kavas Pamaser. He says, no, lot, not necessarily. Shiny Hosam Kimun to Omar Mikanani Oichel, Lemachor Kovale Ilue. He says, no. Since he says, I plan on eating from there, he has given it the following day. It becomes designated as food. I Rashi says, by the fact that he's calling it food. You're right. Up until here, it wasn't significant because it was drying food. And as we said, it's inedible. But now that he comes on Erev Shabbos and he stands and he says, I'm going to eat from it. He's saying it's food. He gives it chashivos. So I, I'm understanding it in a way. He's kind of made it nigmar melocha. Okay, maybe not nigmar melocha, but choshev in another way. And therefore, you're right. Generally, something that's not nigmar melocha, Shabbos would kovas. Anyway, I mean that we said anyway, but you can't bring a proof from Al Mishnah because maybe Al Mishnah is specifically because he's called it food, he's designated as Nigmar Malacha and it's in the Chotzer, and therefore that's why we had it excluded by Shvi'is, but not because in general Shabbos is Kovas, it's Kovas because he called it food. That's our answer. Oh, well, if it's based on his speech, he's calling it food, then why are we discussing Shabbos in Al Mishnah? It could be any day of the week. It should say, you want to eat from these drying, drying. Remember, we're not discussing dried figs, which are completing their processing. These drying figs, you want to eat from them. But the fact that you call it food and say, I want to eat from them, should give it a fixed status. And now it's chayvin maser. What's Shabbos got to do with anything? Why do you have to bring Shabbos in? And Rashi takes it a step further and says, and why is it even taught in Al-Masechta? Al-Masechta is discussing Shabbos in Yom Tov. It should be taught in uh, Masrois. Again, what's the question? Is we just said, why? We were discussing, I don't want to go into the technicals again, but we're saying from our Mishnah that, the, that we discuss in Shfiyas because we want to discuss a case where you're not Chav in Maser. And the reason, oh, what gives it its fixedness that it should be Chav in Maser if not for the Shemitah year? By the, because you're calling it food. Nothing to do with Shabbos or Yom Tov. If it was saying Shabbos is Kovas the Master, I can't understand why it's brought in Al-Masechta. But it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with that you considering it food, you calling it food, you giving it chashivos, you Kovas it by calling it food. 
that factor is irrelevant to Almasetus. So he says, no, Hokamash Malan, the Tevel Muchan, who what is coming to teach us is Tevel is considered Muchan, Eitzel Shabbos regarding Shabbos. What does that mean? Shim of Mitukan. That if you did transgress and fix it, it is considered Mitukan. This we actually saw a few days ago, we touched on it, but basically, Tevel, food that is Chavin Maser, is also to eat. Because you're not, it's also to eat because it's table. And we know you're not allowed to separate trumas and masters, because it's metak and mon. It looks like you're fixing it. Before you couldn't eat it, you separate your trumas and masters and you can eat it. So you're fixing it. So it's also derabonon to eat. Now, what happens if someone did separate trumas and masters? Are they now allowed to eat it? You would think, well, they weren't allowed to eat it at the start of Shabbos because it's tevel. And they weren't allowed, and it's also because they're not allowed to separate trumas and masters, so maybe it should remain mutza. What our mission is coming to teach us is that why it mentions this, why it's mentioning adding in the fact of Shabbos is that it's not considered mutza. If you would transgress and separate trumas and masters, it's not mutza. And this we explained a few days ago because what, what's keeping it in its status of also to eat is exerid rabbonin. Really, Dorai, so you could just separate the trumas and masters and eat it. And therefore there's no reason to say it's mukta. But the rabbonin have come along and said you can't separate trumas and masters. That doesn't create mukta. That doesn't make the food mukta. Again, you can't eat it because it's tevil. But it doesn't make the food mukta because theoretically, Dorai, so you could separate could separate. Oh, and therefore, if you do separate, again, you're not allowed to, but if someone transgressed, maybe they forgot, and they separated Trumas and Masters, they would be allowed to eat it because it's not Mutza. Um, yeah, and we'll leave it there for today.